This episode is brought to you by Libro FM. Libro FM is the first and only company which lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. You can pick from more than 150,000 audiobooks, including bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers. You'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the name. But you'll be part of a different story, one that supports community. If you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to get more books into your busy life. Listen during your commute, while doing chores, walking the dog, or just relaxing at home. All you need is a smartphone and the free Libro FM app. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, check out recommendations and curated lists from people who know audiobooks best. Booksellers. I mean, and us. We also have a playlist on there full of books that have been recommended on this podcast. Books in the Freezer special offer, you get two audiobooks for the price of one, just $14.99, with your first month of membership using code FREEZERBOOK. This offer is valid for new members in Canada and the United States. Thank you, Libro FM, for supporting the show. I think perhaps all of us go a little crazy at times. Robert Block, Psycho. Welcome to Books in the Freezer, a podcast dedicated to the deliciously disturbing world of horror fiction. I'm your host, Stephanie, and today I'm joined by Kristen and Will from Guide to the Unknown to talk about whether a boy's best friend really is his mother. That's right. We're covering Robert Block's Psycho Trilogy, question mark. We'll talk about it today. (laughs) Thank you for uh, joining me today for this. Thank you you so much for having us. Are you saying that to the listener as apology? Thank you for doing this. I'm sorry this is happening. (laughs) No, thank you very much for having us. Oh, man. I feel really bad if someone is like searching for any podcast episodes on the psycho books and they're thinking they're going to get this really loving look um, at these books. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to be up front. I love the first one. Not not huge on the other two. (laughs) Oh, I think that that's 100% correct. I think that's how the world feels. Yes, that's how I feel as well. The first one's so good mm-hmm. that I feel like it makes the other two even worse because you would ex- you would expect that there'd be some sort of tone kept or mm-hmm. some sort of standard held and it's just not there. It's just not there. They don't even feel like psycho books. Like they feel like different kinds of books that Psycho was shoehorned into like Norman Bates can be tangentially connected to this so I may as well do it because Psycho was such a hit but they don't feel right no and they totally are so different because the first one is like psychological horror it's like this very small I feel like very well crafted very carefully thought out book then the second one I feel like is trying to be a slasher and then the third one is like a murder mystery like they are just all over the place I'm like what what even is this there's no identity across the board um I've got uh 
I, I have a very weird fascination with the Psycho franchise because I think a lot of people don't necessarily consider it a franchise. Um, obviously, I mean, maybe now with Bates Motel. Maybe, but I can see why they wouldn't necessarily because the first one was so popular that a lot of people don't even know that others exist. And I feel like that goes for the books mm -hmm. and the movies. Yes. So I think you're right. I, I mean, I know that before I had read the book, I didn't know that there even was a book. Mm -hmm. And did you know that, Stephanie, going into it? Like, were you aware that the movie was based on a book? Um, I mean, not when I saw it. I saw it very young. Mm -hmm. So like, like, as I started getting into reading, I knew it was a book. And then, yeah. Uh, I yeah, I wasn't aware that the Psycho movie had any sequels. But I've heard, yeah. after looking into this, that Psycho 2, the movie, is... A little more loved than Psycho to the book, which is very unrelated, which we can oh, talk about. Uh, we can talk about how wildly the, wi the timeline yeah. there. <laughs> wildly unrelated. Yeah, the the movies and the books are completely distinct with the, the sole connection being that Psycho the movie is based on Psycho the book. Psycho to the movie has nothing to do with Psycho to the book and so on. Totally different universes. Yeah, they totally diverge. And like the sequels for both get progressively less successful. Mm -hmm. So I think it wiped out the idea of it being a franchise at all. Because yeah. in the public's knowledge, they're kind of not in a way. It's true. But I guess what is a franchise? You know, they're all under the same umbrella. They're not all connected. Yeah. So it but... technically is a franchise. But I think because they kind of stunk, people like don't even know they were there because they just didn't get super <laughs> popular. So there's just not an awareness that it exists. But I think right. it counts as a franchise yeah just public yeah. might not know that yeah i personally i personally think so yeah the movies have become kind of cult pieces um there are four movies oh. one of them uh, there's psycho mm -hmm. then 20 plus years later psycho 2 psycho 3 um a made for tv movie of psycho 4 and um i think psycho 2 is actually a very surprisingly decent watch because it knows exactly what it is. It knows that it's a follow-up to one of the most important movies ever made. Mm -hmm. And it knows that it can't really go toe-to-toe -to -toe with it. It can't live up to it at all. Um, so it just kind of does something different. And I actually kind of respect Psycho 2. Yeah. Um, so the movies are sort of still loved, at least in cult circles. But the books, that's one of the reasons that I was fascinated to talk about it on this show, is the books <laughs> are, they're not known at all the second two for good reason but also they exist and it's kind of sad to me that no one knows that he wrote these i know they're there yeah they're here how yeah. did you read the second book like were you able to find a copy to read or did you get it you know on audiobook or what was the, your deal the only way i could get either of the two sequels <laughs> was only on audible so only on audiobook and only on audible no other audiobook <laughs> service yeah, Libro yeah. FM wasn't. <laughs> no, yeah, it wasn't anywhere. It wasn't on Scribd, just absolutely nowhere. And then I think physical copies were outrageous. So I think it's one of those, yeah. like, you have to stumble upon, like, a paperback at a used bookstore, basically. I, I think that that's some of the charm of it. You know, there's, like, it's sort of, this is not, like, a kind phrase. Okay. But there's, like, a junk literature vibe to them and yeah. i remember being a kid growing up in a small town we had a little used bookstore mm -hmm. and i never wanted to touch anything in there <laughs> just like a little germaphobe kid i just didn't trust other people's hands even less so now actually say, yeah. this is your time like, yeah. but, but i remember we we read these books psycho 2 and psycho house so long ago that i i wanted to get back into that vibe of like 
yeah, it's somebody else's paperback. And what if it's got, you know, things scribbled in the margins and they're so not available. Right. That's actually some of their charm to me. Yeah, I kind of agree. And also the um, the cover of Psycho 2 in particular is so nuts to me. Like, we don't have a copy of it with this cover that I'm thinking of, but the cover that came out when it was originally published has this weird paper doll vibe. So it's a paper doll of like a man wearing a dress, basically like an old like dressing gown. And you can see the outline of undies in the dressing gown. Very strange. And then the second paper doll next to that is like a scantily clad babe paper doll. So I guess kind of like showing the multiple sides of Norman in a way because it's him dressed up in like mother's nightgown. And then I guess underneath the nightgown stuff's going on. It's so odd and it's so 80s and very charming. Was there one with him in a habit? Uh, Unfortunately, no. They left that to the imagination, surprisingly. (laughs) You would think, though, like with the marketing, I guess, if you call that marketing, the cover is sort of marketing. Yeah. You know, like the marketing knew better than the book what was up. Yeah. Like, yeah, have have Norman dress up like Dr. Frankenfurter from Rocky Horror. Yes, basically. Like, sure, go gonzo. Go weird. And the book, Psycho 2, flirts with weirdness, but doesn't commit at all. It's very odd. It is so odd. And kind of, I don't know, the only thing holding the three of them together is kind of the idea of Norman Bates. Because in the third one, he's not even there. No, (laughs) he's not there um, at all. Yeah. And then, I mean, spoiler alert, but (laughs) listeners, like, just don't. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you do. It's fine. Let us spoil it for it. you. It's not worth it. And the second one, like he, we find out at the end of the novel, has been dead for most of the events of the novel. Yeah, <sighs> I think so. All right, again, I I will play devil's advocate maybe okay. the whole way through of just like because I will I fully acknowledge these are, these are not good books at all. <laughs> but like for the sake of just truly devil's advocate in Psycho. The thing that was the most applauded in Psycho is that uh, Marion Crane, in the book Mary Crane, is is a central character and then is killed. And all of a sudden, the entire vibe of the book shifts to this guy, Norman Bates. Norman Bates, to us, is a towering, iconic horror literary figure. But in the book's language, he's just some guy. And we'd primarily been following Mary. So in Psycho 2, we go into it going, Norman, 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 Norman. Mm -hmm. And the figure of Norman looms large. I think maybe what Robert Block was going for was, no, I'm taking him out just like I took out Mary Crane. Right, a similar switcheroo. So he thought maybe that he was being formulaic, but actually you're using that formula to take out the biggest character in the thing that we want to follow. So it's so weird. The one thing I want. Right. You got rid of. Like in Psycho, you've got Mary and she's fascinating because she's putting her she's digging herself a grave. Mm-hmm. And it's fascinating to watch her because she's she's found this lump sum of money, landed in her lap, and she sort of schemes to I wonder if I can keep it. And the scheme ends up getting her deeper and deeper and deeper, where you know she's getting herself into trouble. And then when she's killed, sort of the silver lining of it is 
ooh, okay, you've shocked me, and that's the point. But also, now, here's a far more fascinating character. Let's follow his psychological bent. It's Norman Bates. Goodbye, Mary. Welcome, Norman Bates. And then in the sequel, it's like, yeah, 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 that fascinating guy. We'll get rid of him and replace him with uh, some guy. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not an even swap. It's not an even trade. No. Yeah. And then the third one, it, there's some sort of weird supernatural aspect where there's like a demonologist and maybe yeah. the spirit of Norman Bates. <laughs> what the? I sense I may have made a mistake suggesting that we reread these. <laughs> I, I and I I both apologize, but also you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> no one reads these things. These have been forgotten. Right, and this can be like cocktail party. Well, I mean theoretically, Skype cocktail party fodder for anybody who's listening now. They can have fun facts. I'm like, do you know there's a Psycho two and three? First of all, do you know that Psycho is based on a book? Did you know that there's Psycho two and three, and that they suck? And then they can talk about that. <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy uh but i we just kind of got into it but for the listeners do we maybe want to do a quick kind of synopsis about <laughs> psycho psycho 2 and psycho house just like a two sentence like mm-hmm. okay let's going on? <laughs> let's see in psycho which i'm sure a lot of people are familiar with in the book it's close to identical to the movie in all the major story beats there is a woman as will just said who stole money from her work she's on the run and she's going to hide out at a motel she happens to pick exactly the wrong motel and norman bates the owner kills her um her sister comes looking for her there's also a detective who is looking for her and it's eventually discovered that norman who said that he lives with his mother and operates the hotel together has actually been just doing it himself his mother is dead she's kind of an alter ego character for him he kills other people and then he winds up in a mental institution yeah, and then from there, Psycho 2 picks up 20-plus years later, where Norman Bates has been in the mental institution and uh, evidently been something of a model inmate mm-hmm. until two nuns come to visit and he sees an opportunity attacking them, killing them, dressing up as one of the nuns, and getting out. His uh, uh, The majority of the book now follows his doctor, uh, Dr. Adam Claiborne, who's trying to track down where Norman went now that he's gotten out. And uh, he follows the trail of dead bodies, which include Sam and Lila from Mm -hmm. the first book, who had initially investigated the Norman crimes, and discovers a newspaper article that in Hollywood, a movie called Crazy Lady is being made. It's about Norman Bates. So Adam Claiborne figures, Norman saw this news article. He must be going to Hollywood to stop the movie. And so he goes out to Hollywood, becomes part of the production of Crazy Lady, (laughs) meets a director who's a dead ringer for Norman Bates and murders are occurring and you start thinking, is it the director? Is Norman the director? Maybe Norman will kill the director and take his place. However, by the end of the book, you find out there is no Norman. He died shortly after getting out of the asylum and Adam Claiborne knew it. Our our primary... Right. Narration, our unreliable narrator knew that Norman was dead and it snapped his psyche and he has now been acting as Norman. He's assumed a persona just like Norman became mother. Adam Claiborne becomes Norman and uh, conducted all the murders himself. Oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah. And then in Psycho House, 
it is now like eight years after that. And somebody has uh, uh, built the, the the old Norman Bates, the motel and the, the spooky house have long since burned down. Uh, so somebody's rebuilt them to turn them into a horror attraction. But when a young girl is killed in there, a reporter named Amy Haynes goes to the attraction to investigate what's going on. She's a crime reporter. Um, and the book is largely about sort of the the impact that Norman Bates had on the community because we interact with like the sheriff and we meet a lot of the people who are behind the business decisions of opening a haunted amusement park. We then. meet a lot of people. We meet a in lot the third of one. people. Did that jump out at you, Stephanie, that we're learning a lot of names? Yeah, well, especially since it was on audio, I would have such a hard time. I'm like, wait, so this is another person and I would be doing right. dishes and I'm like, where's a demonologist? Like, what yes. is happening? I felt oh, yes. so like lost. <laughs> you, speak of, you speak of Eric Dunstable, the of demonologist. Yes. You know, a normal human's name. Dunstable. <laughs> Dunstable. <laughs> He's got a theory that maybe the spirit of Norman Bates um, uh, uh is perhaps even a demonic figure that that goes long back into the Bates family history. Maybe Norman died at the beginning of Psycho 2 and that demonic entity, that Norman spirit, entered Adam Claiborne. And maybe it's now been unleashed again. Adam Claiborne does sort of come back in this book briefly uh, for a little sort of scare scene to continue that demon theory along. But it all culminates in... No, it was just uh, uh, this other guy that was purporting to investigate what was going on with Amy, and he was part of the business dealings of the spooky attraction, and that was the motive for all of his killing. Um, yeah, it was very Scooby-Doo. Very I was Scooby-Doo. just about to say that. It was a completely Scooby-Doo business-minded decision, wanting to scare the kids yeah. so that it drums up publicity, but like with none of the fun of Scooby-Doo. And none of the like psychological bent of Psycho. No. Like it it the the one at this point by the third book, the one of the other unifying things beyond the concept of Norman Bates is the idea of losing your identity or adopting someone else's identity. Norman with mother, right. Adam Claiborne with Norman, but now we've just got, what was it, Hank Gibbs is the killer in Psycho House? It is Gibbs. Yeah. I don't Gibbs. remember the first name, yeah. And he's just gotten, he's just Hank Gibbs. He just wants yeah. to take on the identity of a honcho macho. Yeah, exactly. He wants to be a big wig. Yeah, he wants to be a big honcho. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So that's all three books. Good night. Yeah. That's what done. happens uh, there. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Right, right. I'll give you nightmares of a different sort. Did, did neither of you get any enjoyment out of um, I, Psycho itself? Should we spend time talking about Psycho, like the original Psycho book? There's so much positive to say about it. I we think can. it's great. Yeah. yeah. It's so easily overlooked by the, the sort of train wreck of psycho 2 and psycho house it's easy to kind of like throw the baby out with the bathwater on it because the other two are so bad yeah but psycho the original is written really really well i really like robert blanc's writing style something also i will give all of them is that they are all short yes and i do like a short read it may not have felt quite that way listening to it (laughs) it's not impossible but to look at the books they're not like super big tomes or anything yeah so i appreciate that um, but yeah, I think the first one's really, really good. It's it's incredible. Yeah. I, I think it's really well written from like even the very beginning. It starts with um, Norman Bates, 
who has been staying up late drinking and reading about mummification. Mm -hmm. And one of the things in a a book that he's been reading talks about how um, uh, some Native American tribes, theoretically, I don't even know if this holds up or if this is from reality, but in the book they talk about how uh, mummified elders can be eventually used for um, musical instruments Mm -hmm. and that the open mummified mouth, like when you bang on the chest, can create a sound, which is... Sort of breathing life into the dead yeah. in a way, which is what Norman is doing with Mother. She's mm-hmm. literally mummified, but also he's bringing her back to life by becoming her. Right. Which I just, I love that from the very start. It's like a really interesting sort of parallel. I know. It's interesting to think about whether Norman even connects those dots in his own mind. It's just kind of an interest that he seems to have in general, and he might not even realize how that's relating to what he's doing. Yeah. And people do that all the time. So oh, I yeah. think there's also just an interesting understanding of psychology mm-hmm. in the first one yes it feels it feels real i, yeah. I you know the best i ever did was like take like ap psych in high school and that was a million years ago so i don't remember stuff but i i really like moments where in the first book norman reflects on himself and thinks like if i had to diagnose myself just off of reading these books i would say maybe i have a form of schizophrenia mm-hmm. that's said in the book way before the twist is revealed yeah it's 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 interesting. There's a lot of um I don't know, identity work done there. Yeah, and the way it's written, I mean, handling a twist like that and I mean it's such a property that's in the cultural zeitgeist. Like going into right. it, any yeah. modern reader is gonna know the big twist. But I mean, going into it because I read it for the first time for this psycho one. Um the masterful way that the information is handled and the perspectives and things are talked about is done in a very masterful way. So I can see how that twist was very effective for people that didn't know it. A thousand percent. At the time, it must have been mind blowing. Oh, absolutely. It's been too, I truly saw Psycho way too young. You mentioned (laughs) you saw Psycho young as well. (laughs) I have no recollection of what I thought of the twist or if I, I, I've just, to me, it feels like I've always known Norman is mother. Right. Um, But even reading the book. Sleepover party. My friend had like a Alfred Hitchcock marathon at her house. That's what we did. That's an awesome sleepover. I was to say, that, that sleepover rules. That <laughs> sleepover slaps. Well, I think that there were similar circumstances. I think I was having a sleepover where my friends and I were watching Psycho, and that's how Will saw it. I don't even think so, because I think I was under 10. I think I was alone. You talked about it on a previous podcast that that's what happened. Did I? At yeah. a sleepover? Yeah, you said that me and my friends were watching it and that you caught some of it or something. Are you sure? Yeah, because I was surprised. <laughs> Maybe I was lying, or maybe. maybe I'm lying to myself now. I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember that far back. But like, even knowing, I think even knowing that Norman is mother, the the book is just as fun, if not maybe more fun, because yeah, you get to see the foreshadowing. You can kind of look out for it. I'm trying to think. Were there any moments where you could see the foreshadowing that jump out to either of you guys? I wish I had taken a note on something like that. Definitely. I mean, there's the whole, because we're in Norman's head a lot of the time, we tend to like jump into other people's bodies throughout the book where we're following Mary, then we're following Lila, we're following Norman, and we're getting to hear their inner, inner monologue. And Norman will be like, they can't know about mother. Mm-hmm. And from his perspective, he's thinking, she faked her death and we're trying to make sure people don't know she's alive. But it's also very strategic doublespeak 
and I think knowing doublespeak, where he will uh, uh, refer to how dangerous it would be for anybody to find out about mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I don't know. It, it, there, there are a lot of little things, um, but I really think that like it's a rewarding read. Yeah. Even knowing the twist, you get to spot it all. Yeah, I definitely recommend it. It's yeah. really good. I feel like it's the way that he wrote Norman is really interesting. I feel like he's really layered. Like you obviously know that there's something going on with him mentally, emotionally that's not good, but he's so self-aware, Norman, of what's going on. Like Will said, he kind of says that he kind of self-diagnoses as probably some sort of having some sort of schizophrenia. He reads psych books and he says he wishes that he could fix the way he feels. And it's sad. Like I think a lot of people can relate to things like that. And so you also spend a lot of time in his head. So it's so much easier to understand his state of mind than just this kind of like skinny turtlenecked dude eating sandwiches in the movie. Like you kind of know what's going on with this guy, but at the same time, sometimes you're not in his head or hearing that kind of description. And he like flips on people and is like super angry in a way that you can no longer relate to. So you're like, okay, this guy isn't just one thing. He's not just somebody with mental illness who wishes that he wasn't that way. Like you can see him from an outside perspective and be like, this guy's being a total nightmare right now he's scary right it's he's got so much conflict even within himself i think it's so interesting and it's it makes it so weird that somebody i think who writes with so much nuance in the first book seem to lose so much of that nuance in the second and third it's such a steep drop off i i I think that's something else that fascinates me about it Mm mm-hmm I like that there's a drop off. I don't. I don't like that. That's what the books became. But I. I like seeing the body of work. Mm-hmm. You know. I don't know if you guys read this, but I was reading that he was inspired by Ed Gein. Kind yeah. Of, yeah. I didn't know that going into that. So the idea of someone who kind of looks like just an all American boy next door could be a, a sinister serial killer, and also the mommy issues. Oh, right. totally. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's why a lot of people cite Psycho as, like, the beginning of the slasher boom. Um, Like, the idea of just an average person, especially in fiction for so long, and especially, you know, know, uh, fiction that became movies. At the time, there was a lot of, you know, uh, 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 Frankenstein, Mm -hmm. you know, monsters. But now it's just some guy. It's just a a regular old human who's so monstrous you can't even wrap your head around their psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's a fun thing to try to mimic. So many people have mimicked this, you know? So many people have like uh, picked up the ball and run with it from what Robert Block came up with that, uh, again, it's just another similar sort of like, why couldn't he continue it himself? Mm-hmm. Why didn't it work in Psycho 2? I know. I don't know. I wonder, and I have no idea. I wonder if there's a little bit of, not self-loathing, but like, you're like, oh, you guys expect this from me? You like this of me? Well, guess what? I'm going to go this way. Yeah. Like, I'm not always going to give you what you want. Self-sabotage is kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, It kind of seems to just, but it just kind of seems to piss on the legacy of Psycho. I mean, he also like kills off Sam and Lila like right away. Right. Yeah. 
It seems like in the second book, it's a little bit of a send up of Hollywood and maybe like the Hollywood backstage experience. So first of all, the book is way more about that kind of thing, like behind the scenes of films than it is about anything else in any any big, meaningful way. Obviously, there's the backdrop of killings and Norman Bates, but everything is revolving around this really insidious and toxic Hollywood experience. So I wonder if... I don't know. It's a little bit meta to look at it this way, but I wonder if he had some experiences in Hollywood that weren't great, maybe connected to the movie Psycho. And so you're right. I think it might have been a little bit of a statement, like pissing on these things. Like, I'm going to kill off the things that you guys expect of me, that you like the best. And I'm talking about all these like big wigs behind the scenes who are doing things wrong. It does seem like a very statement book, which may have taken away from some of the writing and artistry that could have been there because maybe there was an agenda yeah i definitely felt that it was mean-spirited to say the least (laughs) 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 and also there's just a lot of rape in here oh my god not into it uh i mean the when he rapes the nun i listened (sighs) to this on audiobook so i had a hard time like finding quotes or specific lines but Uh, Just the way that that was described was seared into my brain forever and gave me like full body like yeah it's like it's pumping life into her. I was like yes that what what is what is going on? Also, I feel like that must have been brutal to listen to as opposed to read. Like there's just something that's a little bit more visceral about hearing somebody say those words in your ear when you're trying to do the dishes as opposed to like your dog is jumping on you and you're looking at a page that you can just kind of like turn like yeah it's intense I, i also think that there's like that is something that feels to me like a misunderstanding of the norman bates that i thought i knew right right like it that does not feel to me like it was part of his character in one necessarily like he was triggered by his own sexuality Right. Like the whole idea in Psycho 1 uh, uh, of why he kills Mary Crane is he's staring at her through a peephole he drilled into the wall and he sees her go to take a shower. And so I viewed then like him becoming mother Mm -hmm. and grabbing a knife as a way to not engage with his sexual feelings at all. Mm -hmm. He's like mega repressed and this is how he expresses himself is with a knife. Mm -hmm. Which is insane. But like the the... Like I don't, yeah. I, it's a total departure. In it's the a departure one. from his character, and it just feels, it makes you feel disgusting yes. in your soul. Yeah, and then he pictures his mom. Like it's just, there's yeah. just so much. It's I know, race. and the director with his mom. The director with his mom. Yeah, the- Vizini or whatever his yeah. name is. Yeah, like what the hell is going on? I know that there are mommy issues in the first one, and that's a big thing about it, but. I don't know. It's so weird. It's it's like he took away something. He took away Sam, Lila. He basically took away Norman, but then like added on extra of the things we don't really want. Like I didn't really want to expound on the icky Oedipal factor of Psycho in yeah. Psycho 2 and make it more visceral and disgusting. Yeah, I, I can say. So Psycho 2, the movie, is also 20 years later. Um, it, it can be argued, and I think many people have, that Robert Block wrote his version of Psycho 2 to combat the Psycho 2 that was going to go out into theaters. Yeah, like um, like Stephen King having the Shining miniseries on TV yes. as opposed to the <laughs> Like a rebuttal. <laughs> yeah, it know? says here uh, from the Wikipedia, 
the novel was completed before the screenplay was written for the unrelated 83 film Psycho 2. And according to Block, Universal Studios loathed the novel, which was intended to critique Hollywood splatter films. And a different story was created for the film. Block was not invited to any screenings. Makes sense. I I think that weird though. Yeah, I think that also you know Psycho. I don't remember when Psycho was written, but the movie Psycho came out in sixty. It was fifty nine, I think. Fifty nine. Wow. So one year later, they made that movie. Right. Um, Am I wrong? But like you know, Hitchcock had also made sure that all copies of Psycho were basically unavailable, (laughs) so that people couldn't have the movie spoiled. And so I think that the devaluing of Psycho the book, so that Psycho the movie could get all the praise probably was one of the first of many blows to Robert Block's ego. I didn't and then know as- that happened. Oh, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hitchcock made sure that nobody could get their hands on it. Yeah, because he didn't want the ending spoiled. He wanted it to be all in the movie. Which is funny, too, because Alfred Hitchcock just picked up Psycho at an airport. Like, so had he not gotten his chance to read it, he wouldn't have fallen in love with it. Like, Hitchcock almost sort of stole Psycho. Yeah. You know? Uh, and then, obviously, the entire, like, slasher boom and, like, you know, competing psychopaths in movies. I almost feel like Robert Block was like, no, 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 Norman Bates was the first. And now movies have gotten so graphic, I can outdo that. Mm. And, and I don't know, made this book graphic in very unappealing ways, which tells me he doesn't understand his own characters. Right, yeah. that's the point. And he doesn't understand what people like about yeah. visceral horror in film. Um, but Psycho 2, the movie, is very much a psychological piece. Norman Bates has gotten out of the asylum 20-plus years later, and he is allowed to go back home, and he is struggling to maintain his sanity. He thinks that he can be better, that he may be cured. And yet he goes home, and there are all these reminders of mother all over the place, and then murders are occurring, and he starts to worry that he's behind it. It's it's a really odd thing to do to have your killer from one come back in two and be like, I really hope it's not me. <laughs> and the entire movie follows that that sort of um, I don't know that thread, and it's so much more interesting and and sort of sad and scary. Yeah, and it's Anthony Perkins it's still. Anthony Perkins. Yeah, it continues like the psychological bent, whereas this book I think is more about um, supposed to be some sort of a thrill. <laughs> which psycho is not a thrilling book yeah. no. anthony or uh, robert block's writing style is not thrilling most scenes of his book are people either thinking like and having like a long inner monologue or just two people talking mm-hmm. like the most telling thing is like in psycho house when the reveal of who the killer is happens it's a character walks into a room almost gets stabbed someone gets shot but then it just sort of dreamlike floats into the, like, and then three days had gone by. And then the rest of the book is two characters in a room going, so what happened and why? <laughs> it's, just, it's just characters explaining what happened because Robert Block can't write action. And yeah. so Psycho 2 taking place on, like, the film set that's supposed to be Psycho could be really fun. It could be. But it's not because he can only figure out how to write people who are like walking down the street of Los Angeles thinking about Norman Bates. Yeah. And then like free associating. Like I feel they're like shadows, dark shadows, long darkness, people of dark. Like it's just. Yes. (laughs) A thousand percent. Yes. Yeah. I came up with a game. 
Um. <laughs> <laughs> we we wanted to float it to you. We could not do it, obviously, but we thought we'd float the idea of a game to you. I have some quotes here from okay. Psycho, the original book, and I'm thinking about giving each of us a quote, and then you like block it up. So like the first example would be, um, I'll do this one. Uh, the quote: I think perhaps all of us go a little crazy at times. Times, they are a change in, change. It comes every so often. We have no control. Control. A construct. He would just like take the last <laughs> yeah. word of a, of a string of words and then keep going with it. I both like it and can't stand it. Yes. Correct. It was just um, one of those things I noticed. I'm like, oh, we're doing this again. Oh, this is a thing that we're going to okay. continue to do now. Okay. Yeah. Every this, this character does it. Yes. Yeah. Every single character has the exact same language. Right. Language. Well, it's the way that we communicate with others, but what about the way we communicate with ourselves? Selves. Mm -hmm. Who really are we underneath it all? The notion of the self, who I am, who you are. Isn't it all just a joke? Jokes. See, like this. <laughs> Things like this. Um, can I, do you want me to throw you one and you uh, can see what you can do? Sure. I will say right now, not great on my feet, but we will go. <laughs> not a problem. I'm even not more a excited problem. now. Uh, yeah, truly, that I can't imagine a better setup for this or more in keeping with the way that these books kind of go. Uh, okay, let's see. Magic. That's just a label, you know, completely meaningless. It wasn't so very long ago that people were saying that electricity was magic. Magic. <laughs> Tricks. <laughs> Full of tricks. Trick or treats. Yeah, see, like, yeah, yeah, there you great, go. Great. Perfect. No, that's it. Perfect. That's, you did it. That's a whole paragraph yes. in, I would say, Psycho, the yes. best of the books. So you win. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Marvelous. I actually, I want to mention something that does kind of tie at least one to three okay. in the quote that i just read where he's talking about magic he's talking about how he thinks that he has been able to bring his mother back to life and so he's saying you can call it magic you can call it whatever you want basically it's like electricity you can turn it on and off you can turn life on and off so if he's talking about the concept of magic and i think he even says like you could call it a cult whatever He's aware and maybe a little interested in that sort of stuff. So maybe there's a little bit of a thematic tie to the demonologist I in book three. Not really, but there is a mention of like magic and occultism. I'm not going to go so far to say that I think that was deliberately planted, but I did notice that it was there. And so you could generously maybe say. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I don't think any of that obviously is literally happening. But I do no. think the idea of like... The, the idea of possession as it's brought up in Psycho House is obviously outrageous. Um, I, I can't even imagine that Robert Block really wanted people to spend too much time theorizing that the spirit of Norman Bates is doing anything. Well, it, um, it was also introduced so late into the story. Yeah. I was like, I'm yeah. sorry, no, we're at, that's why I was like, I'm sorry, we're adding what now? Yeah, we're yeah. doing what? It's just a loony theory that's floated by a character. You yeah. know, it's not really part of the fabric of the story. It's just that this guy, Eric Dunstable, totally normal person with a totally normal name. Completely everyday name, completely everyday job. Yeah, he's just fascinated by the macabre. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's fine, I guess, for the character to posit the theory. But I do think that it's appropriate for us all to dismiss the theory. And I don't even think Robert Block wants to dwell on it. I think that what it serves to do is the metaphorical idea of Norman Bates hanging over 
all of the yeah. following proceedings. Like Psycho, the book series is is almost nothing. There's there's almost no fabric to it except for the idea of like the the domino effect because Norman Bates was caught and uh, uh you know found out to be this larger than life figure movies are made of him mm-hmm. uh, attractions are made of him and who are the kinds of people that want to make a living dealing with the the sort of horrible stuff that Norman Bates was up to i think that's the idea behind the two sequels is that especially with like the really cheesy final line of psycho house like i think the idea is that you have to be a little nuts to to want to live uh make a living off of norman bates's murders Mm -hmm. and norman bates pretending to be mother and celebrating that it's like to me it's like sort of like the 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 modern fascination with true crime a little bit i personally i kind of i kind of like true crime i mostly don't mostly it makes me feel bad because these are real people who have killed each other I have such a hard time with this because I feel the same way. Like I get the certain cases, the morbid fascination, but most of the time I'm just bummed out. Like the new Unsolved Mysteries came out on Netflix. I was like, cool. Like I'm going to, I'm going to get my spook on. I'm going to have my bowl of popcorn. And then I see a a guy crying because his mother was murdered. I'm like, oh, this is straight up not a good time. No, it's heartbreaking. Totally. I know. I was so disappointed that there have... I haven't watched the second round of them that came out yet, but I... Is it out already? It came out uh, on the 19th. Okay. Yes. Okay, so you're on the same page that I am. Yeah. I was so disappointed (laughs) that... I knew it was this month. (laughs) Yeah, right. I was so disappointed that there weren't more fun segments from the show, like where the segment from the original show where they're like investigating the Queen Mary ghost ship and they're like wet footprints of a ghost. I want that. I don't... Yeah, like I don't really want to see the mother crying over her dead son. I'm so sorry that happened, and I'm glad that it's getting some publicity, so maybe something can happen. But like, that's not really a fun, jazzy time to me anymore. It's not entertainment. Yeah, you know, like I, I don't know. It's a I, bummer. I don't begrudge anybody for enjoying it. Mm-hmm. I um, used to more. I think as I got older, it became more real to me, or something like that. I, I don't know. I used to be more interested in it and i guess entertained by it but now it's not as not so much yeah that's that's why i feel like the 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 true the true focal point for psycho 2 and psycho house where it's like a movie is being made and then a theme park thing is being made that should be about like the families of the victims you know well there's also like amelia's working on the book too about the Mm -hmm. case oh yeah exactly another layer of it yeah, a thousand percent. Yeah, how can we weave the Norman Bates story into different kinds of entertainment? Like that, that's another reason why I think it's sort of oddly inappropriate to kill Lila and Sam at the beginning of Psycho Two. Is what I want to know. What does she have to say about this movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's like her the, sister. yeah, the family. Of, it's it's yeah. the story of her sister's murder. That's so much more interesting to me. Yeah. Um. And and to just have it be that no, we're going to dispatch everything you liked from one and start from scratch in two and really only deal with the crew of yeah. the movie, who for most people it's really hard to relate to mm-hmm. the the producer and the writer working on something. It's just not you know, Psycho is a very small story. And it's pretty relatable, you know, like I don't work in a motel, but I do know what it's like to to like work a day. Mm-hmm. And so Norman Bates as somebody that's like got to just do his job and is balancing his weird psycho life on the side, like to a certain extent, you at least understand, even if you can't 
fully empathize with that. But by the time that you're getting to talk about, you know, the the contracts that are being done to make the theme park happen, this wow. is like an alien story to me. <laughs> like, I don't know what they're talking about. I don't care how much it costs to get your wax work, Norman Bates. <laughs> I don't like you for doing this at all. I will say going into it, reading the synopses, I expected to have a little more fun because the second yes. one is about like a movie about it. And then the third one, like I will say right now, I really like the early 2000s movie House of Wax. And uh-huh. so- <laughs> sure. Yeah. And so this had kind of that vibe. And I'm like, all right, we're going to get spooky. We have like a haunted house attraction. Like something happens right at the beginning. Okay. And then that's not used at all. No. No. You're completely right. The synopses for both of those sound so good. I was so ready for like a campy good time yeah. with Psycho 2. I was like, this is going to be bonkers. Norman goes to Hollywood. What? Yeah. And then I don't know if you thought this, Stephanie. You know how they kept talking about how the director, Vizzini or whatever, looked like Norman? Yeah. Did you think that was going to be Norman or well, something? Yeah. Something. Nothing is done with that. It just happens that this guy just kind of looks like Norman and it's of like no import it's so weird but then he had like a lot of weird similarities like he also had the mom issues and like was also just like a straight up like bad person i don't know like why why did they look like why and and also weird red herring i guess he was also going to kill the lead actress yes he was so there are two killers in psycho 2 who look like that who like look well? That's not well, the same three, killer. Then. That's right. Yeah, I, yeah, I wasn't but, even yeah. thinking about Norman Bates. I know. I, know, I was thinking I know. about Adam Claiborne Vizzini, yes. like at the end, as like two murderers are at the end of this book. It's just weird. It's a lot of coincidence. It feels very coincidental. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awfully convenient. I also want to mention that with Claiborne's name, Robert Block also does one of those Blockisms things. He says, oh. "Adam Claiborne, Claiborne, first man born of clay." Who oh boy? To what? To what you does know that, that mean? He was so proud of himself for that. Like, oh, I just, yeah. I hear the pat on the back. Yes, yes that's Clay a job well born. done. Okay, it's like leaning back in your chair, putting yeah. your hands on the back of your head, like you've done it again, Block. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> yeah. you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> you're welcome, world. Oh my god, I remember that quote too. Like right when you started that sentence, I knew where right. you were going. I'm like. <laughs> It's yeah. it's hard to believe and hard to forget. That's why I think. that's why even like the last line of Psycho House is like a groaner. Is... Um so uh Amy Haynes is talking to Dr. Steiner, who was one of Norman Bates's psychiatrists from the very beginning, so he's here all the way at the end. Um and he goes, um she's writing her book about Norman. And he says, "Let me make a suggestion. When you're finished, maybe you can write another book about life in the asylum." She asks, here? No. Steiner gestured toward the window. <laughs> Out there. Yeah. <laughs> all the world is in asylum. I was thinking that was the end of the second one. I didn't realize that's how we end everything. The whole world yeah. is Gestures gone, broadly, all this. All this. <laughs> this is fine. Um, yeah, listen, Steiner wasn't wrong. <laughs> <laughs> No. Are we going to say that Dr. Steiner was wrong? We're not in the asylum? I feel like an inmate. <laughs> is is there any enjoyment that either of you got out of the, the later two? Psycho 1 is its own animal, right? We all agree that yes. Psycho 1 is, is good, if not great. 
I would say yes. I think it's great. Okay. Yes, I I would say it's great too. Uh <laughs> even even the the like intellectual exercise of of engaging in these things that no one even knows exists. I do like that I didn't know that they existed for a very long time, and now I know what they are, and I can talk about them do you with wish, Stephanie yes. and other people. Do you yes. wish you still thought they didn't exist? <laughs> That's a tough question. Um, no, I'm glad. I'm glad I read it. Now I feel like I have engaged with the material. Now I can talk about it. I guess I, who was looking for this? I don't know, but if anyone is, true, I can now engage in that conversation. We were clearly. There have got to be people that are Googling it like me. Right? Like, so, so some of my interest in this, even to begin with, was that I found out they existed and I was going crazy that you can't get any info. Yeah. It's, it's also only recently, like in the last few years, that people are talking about Psycho 2 and like there's a synopsis on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. There's still nothing for Psycho House. So like at a certain point, I was just like, where is this information being kept why isn't anyone talking about them? So I read them and then I was like, oh, that's why. Do you feel we are now the keepers of this information? I think we're Stephanie, part, you and I are. I think we're I part think of a so. select small yeah. group. Yes. I mean, the of only people. thing I could find was this like Publishers Weekly review. <laughs> Block's latest horror story is a disappointing effort despite his attempt to exploit the character of Norman Bates of Psycho fame. That's the ironic thing. For dealing in stories about people that are exploiting. The story and character of Norman that Bates. Is, true. is he doing that as well? <laughs> right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, he himself. Isn't, isn't that glass houses block? Yeah. Isn't that weird though? Like he could have he could have gone ahead and written Hannibal Rising. He could have written a prequel, a Norman prequel. He true. didn't. He always wrote like the next latest thing. So Yeah, you would think it'd be really tempting to go prequel and like see life with like mother as she was alive because we never see her alive which is why i feel like he had an agenda for these books i think that the agenda for psycho 2 is is fairly abundantly clear Mm -hmm. it's a skewering of hollywood it's a takedown i don't know what the agenda is with psycho house i don't understand it but if you're gonna write more norman bates stuff why would you pick 30 years after he's dead to tell that story it just feels weird to me it's got to be it feels like weirdly psycho house feels like a watered down psycho 2 well i can't do movie anymore what's another thing that creates a facsimile of a story i guess an amusement park yeah yeah a haunted house also um in psycho they make a big deal out of the fact that um the main freeway used to be Mm -hmm. where the bates motel was but now a new freeway was built, and so nobody goes down the road that leads to the Bates Motel. It's a dead end. It's a dirt road. It's nothing. Why would you ever build an attraction there? <laughs> That's the best place for an attraction, yeah. somewhere that no one ever goes, like a service road. Yeah. Especially Isn't since they weird? had to build it from scratch. They could put it anywhere in the town. <laughs> they don't need yes. to put it literally where it was. Yeah, right. No it's one's recreation. A thousand percent. I think that even in Psycho 2, that's why he burned the motel down. I think that, I think Robert Block wanted to destroy the world in Psycho 2. He killed all the characters. Yeah. And he even says, someone burned down Mother's house. He wants it all gone. And that's interesting to me. It is interesting. I think it's interesting. I don't know. I mean, I feel like there was stuff that he was playing with in Psycho House, like, 
I mean, I know Gibbs ends up being the bad guy, but he does have a bit to say on like living in a town that's kind of known for just this awful thing and like the shadow of that. And there's like little things like that, but just we don't go too deep into that. Right. They're interesting, but they're not really dug into. And there's such an opportunity to as well, because I do think it's interesting to explore the community that is, uh, um, I don't know, suffering under this you know, now legend of Norman Bates, even decades later. That's interesting to see how it trickles down, but it's not explored. No. No. Also, the way that like Amy is treated in the town, and I want to say maybe the idea of feminism in general, is just Psycho House is not yeah. great. Not, not, great. Lo- not loving a sister doing it for herself. The town. <laughs> She just gets hate from everyone. Mm-hmm. Even I cannot remember like the secretary's name who was just like so mean. Yeah, to her. I know. Yeah, people are definitely really either dismissive or aggressive. Yes. Like n- not into this woman who's like really going for it. Another reason why I miss Lila. Lila in the first book is like action oriented and is sick of it. She at a certain point, like the sheriff keeps being like, well, let's wait and see how this plays out. And she's like, what do you, why do you keep wanting to wait? I'm sick of waiting. We have to do something. I'm sure this guy's involved in my sister's death. She was like a very proactive, interesting character. Mm -hmm. Uh, Her being wiped out is I think bigger than getting rid of Norman Bates almost is a huge mistake. I completely agree. I think she was so so interesting. Yeah. Yeah well especially since the sheriff was totally under Norman's spell and he's like oh like he's not doing anything. What do you mean that? You mean that guy? (laughs) No that guy's cool. Look his mom's right there. (laughs) He hangs out with her all the time. I'm pretty sure he's fine. (laughs) I would um, not worry about him. Yeah. Do you have any curiosity about Psychosanitarium, the fourth book, oh. not written by Robert Block? So it's sort of its own animal. I have a little bit. So that's why I said up top, like, trilogy, question mark, which I hesitate right. to even call it a trilogy because this was not planned out. This was just like, I don't know, I guess I'll write another You're one. right. It's just kind of three books. And technically, three books are yeah. a trilogy, I they, guess. They technically are, but it doesn't <laughs> feel like a... sense of the word. Yes. yes, certainly. No, I think you're right. I think trilogy, question mark, is a good way to put it. Yeah. I um yeah psychosanitarium um yeah I haven't read this you Stephanie haven't read this either right but Will has so I, I certainly what, have what do you got you will have all the same problems <laughs> with psychosanitarium <laughs> Ooh, even with tagline. a different author even with a different author it's part of the the DNA of the franchise I guess if you loved Psycho. And you were mystified by Psycho 2 and Psycho House. Wait till you read Psycho Sanitarium. It's bewildering. (laughs) Befuddling. Falls into all the same old traps. Sold. Sold. Yeah, right. I mean, we're already in this deep. Do you want want spoilers? Yes. Yes. You do? Okay. All right. It takes place in continuity with the three books. It takes place after Psycho and before Psycho 2. So Norman is still in the uh, the insane asylum, and we are primarily concerned with a shocking revelation. Norman has a brother. Mm. His brother, <laughs> I think it's a twin brother. Of really? Of yes. Course. And he, he's he's visiting Norman, and people are dying, 
and Norman doesn't want to believe his brother is behind it all. Um, and uh, he keeps talking to a psychiatrist uh, uh, who's not Steiner and is not uh, Adam Claiborne. Not though I do think Clay. they both have cameos in it. It all amounts to the 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 following big shockeroo. There is no brother. Um, this other psychiatrist, <laughs> this other new psychiatrist created for this book, Stephanie is fatigued and bewildered. Has yeah, been, you can't hear my head, but you just can feel it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this other psychiatrist has been somehow like hypnotizing Norman so that Norman will think the psychiatrist is his brother for questionable purposes. Uh the end. When I have when was this written? 2016 or something like that? Yeah, like no. not a long time no. ago. Oh yeah, like very 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 recently. Very recently. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I read it because I'm a I'm a ma- major completionist. I, I have a very hard time stopping like my my exploration of like a franchise if I'm if I'm like you know most of the way through. Oh, and wow. so I read it and I was like the entire way I was like first of all never had a brother no way I refuse to believe the the brother angle at all. No. And then by the end I was like again we're gonna do the same. Like someone's pulling the wool over Norman's eyes. Right. It's like another. It's also another psychiatrist who's behind it all. It's like I just don't. Why are all of the psychiatrists in Fairvale insane? I know they need to lose their licenses. Doesn't it seem like too much. Yes, one psychiatrist is telling him he's his brother. The other is becoming him. Yeah. Oh, good. Good news as well. You'll you'll love this. Adam Claiborne ain't got nothing on uh, Norman Bates's twin brother, Robert Newman. Oh my Kristen, god! Kristen, what do you see in the last name there? Oh boy, Robert <laughs> Newman, new man. <gasps> my god! Dun dun. Oh my god! It's uh. It's not a light hand. It's a heavy hand. Oh, it's a heavy hand, all right. Woo! Oh my. God. <laughs> it was rough. Twenty sixteen. 2016 is when this book was was written. I was no gonna word say, on a Psycho like, Five. The 90s. I'm like, someone right. watched Fight Club. Like, <gasps> oh my god, a Norman Bates Fight Club. <laughs> this is a trope I'm not into. It comes up in a lot of things in horror a lot too. That somebody you think is a person is a figment of an imagination. Yeah. I'm gonna go on record as saying that I don't care for that. There should. It's have, not for me usually. There should have been a gang in Fairvale inspired by Norman called the Mothers. And they all oh wear nighties. <laughs> <laughs> and they terrorize the and, streets. And heavy facial powder and rouged cheeks. Yes. Yeah. That would scare me, honestly. That'd probably be an effective gang. <laughs> I, I would run the other way. <laughs> terrified. I wonder if they'd stay true to character and if you ran, you're all sex, they shuffle yeah. after you. <laughs> like, how committed are the mothers? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. They have walkers. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So they're like walkers. Come mm. back to me, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to get your money. <laughs> also, they wouldn't hurt a fly, so we really have nothing to worry about for the oh, mothers. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> They're a non-threatening gang. They just kind of catch you off guard a little bit when you're coming around a corner. <laughs> but then you can just keep walking. It's fine. They're not going to hurt you. They don't move fast anyway. It's all good. They oh. got away again. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I hope the poor soul that typed in Psycho House into their podcatcher to listen to an episode about it. I know. That's what they wanted. 
I know. <sighs> I, I hope that we didn't disappoint this poor soul. Maybe it's somebody who read it and they just want to commiserate with others. That's the yep. best case scenario. But you know what? You're allowed to like what you like. There are things that I like that other people, I bet there's a podcast about how much it sucks. So, yeah. you know, it's yeah. all just subject to opinion. It is. Like when I rated it on Goodreads, someone commented that they really liked Psycho 2 and that Psycho 2 was pretty good. So mm-hmm. there are I fans. know. There are fans. There are. I was looking at the Goodreads reviews for Psycho 2 and Psycho House, and it seems to be one of those things where it's not all the way, obviously, but there are a lot of one stars and then a surprising number of five stars. Yeah. And that could even just mean two of them, but I still saw them. Yeah. What would you what would you give? Oh my God. These books. Well, I would give Psycho five stars. I think it's really good. I would really give Psycho good. five stars. I love Psycho. Um, oh, God. I'm terrible at rating things anyway, though. Psycho 2, I guess I would give two in order to give Psycho House then one. Or are they the same to me, but they're just different? They might be both two. Hard to say. Hmm. What did you give Psycho to, Stephanie? I remember. Um, Psycho 2, I think I gave one and a half. Or like, mm-hmm. I know you can't do half stars on Goodreads, but... Generous, though. Yeah. One and a half yeah. and then one to house. Yeah. Yeah. So I just kind felt of on like the same it needed page. that more. Right. That's the thing. I feel like it, it edges out Psycho House slightly, but not by a whole lot. Yeah. So yeah. spiritually, I would say I'm also at one and a half. I think... Yeah, I, I'll, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be completely honest with you both. Okay, I'm ready. For a moment, I considered Psycho House. I think it has to be a one. Mm-hmm. I almost wanted to give Psycho Two a three. Okay, look again, all opinion. valid opinion. Yeah, sure. Just just for the sheer audacity <laughs> of what he may have intended. It is audacious. It's audacious. I can see that being worth a star. It's unusual. Mm-hmm. I have um I have I don't really know that I would say what I have for these books is respect, but they're major curiosity pieces to yeah. me. Yeah. I think that they're fa- fascinating tomes in the iconic legacy of Psycho. They exist. Perhaps they shouldn't, but they do. And so I, I, you know, nobody accidentally writes a book. Yeah. You know? So I, I just feel like there's got to be something in them of worth. I'm also, as an individual, I do have the habit of, like, exonerating an entire movie because I like one scene of it mm-hmm. or something like that. And so I think that's why I can be pretty forgiving of Psycho 2 because I can see the attempt at making a statement. Psycho House, I really struggle with. I think that it really, to me, just plays like trying to do what Psycho 2 had already done. It's just another takedown of entertainment yeah. in a way. I, I really almost feel like maybe uh, Psycho House could have been improved if, if it knew about true crime. Yeah. Like if that yeah, was if they the knew point it was that it was trying to to make is that like turning murder into entertainment is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, like Hollywood as fabricating things for the sake of entertainment, but true crime in terms of, no, 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 just present the story as is. You don't have to change the the murder story, but people will love it. People will eat it up. Yeah. That's what it maybe could have been, but it yeah. doesn't do that, obviously. It so like, it's... flirted with that idea with Amelia, but yeah, I don't think true crime was as big in 90, right? That's when he wrote this. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, certainly I don't think like the the term was not what it became Mm-mm. here in like the 2010s. But like 
it, it certainly like people were interested in you know the stranger beside me about ted bundy yeah there have been true crime paperbacks forever so forever. It's, it's a thing but it definitely wasn't as popular and because it wasn't as popular people didn't have as many questions about kind of the morality behind it so i think we just weren't really there yet yeah exactly yeah mm. I mean, which is interesting considering this is all based on ed gein so <laughs> right i know, I know yeah. they're clear true crime roots yeah true well as is books in the freezer fashion what is your chilling obsession i am gonna say my chilling obsession lately has been you know we can't really easily go to theme parks or anything like that but i don't know if people know this so it's kind of also just passing on a tip you can look up like walk through so to speak of different amusement park rides on youtube and there are youtubers who do them and make them so cinematic and so cool and so my chilling obsession is looking up walkthroughs of the haunted mansion disney's ride like throughout the world because people take in cameras with audio and everything and you can like feel like you're on a doom buggy looking at all the stuff and it is awesome i highly recommend it we did an episode of guides the unknown where we talked about all the haunted mansions throughout the world and we got to basically it's not the same experience but basically go through them via the magic of youtube and it's such a cool thing so i'm very into that i didn't know you could do that oh my god look it up just look up like the haunted mansion in youtube you'll also find which i'm also a fan of different like ambiance videos for the haunted mansion so while you're working or whatever there could be like haunted mansion music and a wolf howling and like thunder and stuff in the background or when you're reading um but yeah look for things that say i guess ride through is what they would say but they have different plot lines for haunted mansions at different international disney's where they look totally different and it's yeah it's really really cool and we talk about like the plot lines of them on the on that episode too but like look that up on youtube and just let yourself go through it and just forget the world for a moment it's cool some of them even have like storylines and stuff yes yeah and they're shot in 4k and wow Oh, yeah, they're crazy. No, it's like dead serious. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Um, and my obsession right now, you know, I, I recently finished um, Haunting of Bly Manor, which I loved. Um, but one of the things right now that I'm actually really into is my wife, Allie, and I keep listening to just like picking an audiobook. And uh, she's majorly into knitting. And we've got a baby coming in February. So she's making mm-hmm. like a sweater like a day almost and then i'll be writing or playing a game or some other dopey thing but we just finished the outsider by stephen king Mm -hmm. which uh i'm not usually the biggest stephen king fan but for whatever reason i'm on a major stephen king kick the outsider i thought was incredible and it sort of is about people slowly coming to the realization and accepting that the paranormal could be behind these crimes and like the slow process of how long does it take somebody who's a staunch non-believer to finally buy in? And now we're listening to The Stand, which is about a global pandemic, which is uh, uh, pretty disturbing. <laughs> but it is what I'm up to. Have you seen the HBO series for The Outsider? Yes, I saw yes. it before I read the book, and I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Have you read the book, Stephanie, The Outsider? I did. Yeah? I did. I remember I was 
like down to the wire trying to get it read before the first episode dropped on HBO because I have like about certain things I have like a thing about that I'm like I need to read it before I yeah. watch it if it's yeah. out there like I'm gonna try I get like that too um, and I know we jumped like right into <laughs> the book discussion so we didn't get to talk about your podcast so please mm. tell our listeners about Guide to the Unknown yeah, sure. So we talk about basically anything that's spooky and or mysterious, but we kind of have a pop culture bent where we end up seeing where that thing has been talked about in movies or TV shows, you know, podcasts or whatever. And um, it's super fun. Will and I are brother and sister, and we pick a one topic per episode and each of us come at it from a different angle. And we've been going for um, about three years now. So we have 150 something episodes that are in audio and they're also um, on video on youtube.com slash talk bombs. You can watch us talk. Yeah, but we've covered like obscure um, uh, folkloric creatures. We've covered big iconic cryptids like the Mothman. We've talked about the real events behind the the Conjuring movies. We really run a pretty broad gamut of things on Guide to the Unknown because more than anything else, I think it's about Kristen and me like learning about folklore and horror and movies and just having fun while doing it because we're just big horror fans. Yeah, and like telling each other about them and geeking out about it, but at the same time it's telling everybody else too. So it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. You guys is like last episode was like TV slashers. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're doing a whole thing for October here and I was uh, for some reason in my head I keep being like we are here right now in 2020. I am I'm, I'm very <laughs> aware like, of date like it. future <laughs> listeners for some reason lately. <laughs> but like we're doing a whole thing for Slashtober. We've called it a listener came up with the name and we just loved it. Yeah. But so we're covering like slashers specifically, which oh, is nice. another reason why sort of psycho was kind of appropriate here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And we have a new tradition here on Books in the Freezer. You know, we ask our guests what their final girl song would be. Because we have a playlist on Spotify. For- so, what's your final girl song? Okay. Mine is like a really kind of like random song when I was thinking about what to pick I was like okay what songs that you like hyped up or whatever and I was like okay what are the kinds of songs that I'm driving in the car when it comes on I automatically like a dork picture myself like I'm at the MTV video no 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 not the video music awards the movie awards they've just announced like Kristen Anderson for like best newcomer and then what's the song that's gonna pump me up as I go up to the stage and I thought of this song by Santi Gold called creator now i would say if you go to check this out or when you add it to the playlist give it like 20 seconds because there's kind of like a long intro thing but then there's going to be like the boom come in thing and you're like oh yeah i could see somebody like walking out of wreckage to this song <laughs> walking out of wreckage mm-hmm. um i'm not going to deny I, I struggled with this part of me part of me wants to say there's a band called murder by death and i really like a song they have called straight at the sun um, which is very much about like running escape, like movement, move, 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 move. But for some reason, the one that keeps playing in my head right now is Warren Zevon. Okay. Werewolves of London. <laughs> that is kind of a fun, like, that's a happy end of the movie. There's like bouncy piano and you're yeah. like, whoo, like wiping your brow. Like <laughs> yeah. I got out of that. Right. Like yeah. kind of like a good time. Yeah. Well, because if you're the final girl, you've escaped. You've right. made it. Right. Yeah. I'm into it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. There you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
going to say thank you for coming on. Uh, reading these books was definitely an experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> that I can mm-hmm. now say that I have had. Correct. <laughs> it just it it just gives you like horror cred. Yeah, it does. I would say. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, man, you that. had to earn that cred. Fifteen people have read these sequels. Yeah, so <laughs> we, we're really part of an elite few. Yeah. We're breathing rarefied air. Yeah. I'm adding some pins to my lapel for that. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, talking to you guys made it worth it. So thank you for <laughs> having this uh, conversation with me. And thanks for coming on. Where can people find you online? You can find us at GTTU Pod everywhere on social media. And you can also go to GTTUPod.com to see what stuff we do. You can find our merch. You can find our Patreon. And yeah, just look for GTTU Pod everywhere. Yeah, and uh, I'm at the Myth Traveler on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I also um, recently I'm one of the writers behind uh, Blair Witch Experience uh, for Hunter Killer. So if you go to huntakiller.com/slash/blairwitch, you can get a Hunter Killer box to your door. And uh, I'm one of the people that wrote the story for it and did audio for it. Uh, so if you're into horror and stuff, that might be for you. Oh wow, that's cool. Yeah, I've seen no, those awesome. advertised. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Thanks again for coming on. Thank yeah, you so thank much you for, for having, having us. us. It was fun. Right, I'm sorry I made you read these. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Books in the Freezer is a bi-weekly podcast. We post episodes every other Tuesday. You can find us on Twitter at Books Freezer Pod, on Instagram at Books in the Freezer. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash books in the freezer. There's also a books in the freezer facebook group if you want to join that if you like what we're doing here at books in the freezer and you want to show your support there are a lot of ways to do that one of those is to support the show on patreon and you can get a lot of cool stuff like early episodes input into episode and episode topics You can use our Amazon link to buy yourself some fun little doodads. You can go on Libro FM and support not only us, but a local bookstore using code FREEZERBOOK. But you don't have to spend any money to support the podcast. You can spread the word on social media about us, share on your Insta stories, tweet about us. Spreading the word is huge to small indie podcasts like this. And if you can take a moment to rate and review on a platform like Apple Podcasts or whatever you use, doing that helps us gain more visibility and rank and get more people to get their eyes on us. So thank you to all of you who have already done that. As always, I'm Stephanie. You can find me on Twitter at Lady underscore Ganya. That's L-A-D-Y underscore G-A-G-N-O-N. Or on Instagram at That's What She Read. That's That's with two A's. Or on YouTube at That's What She Read. See you next time on Books in the Freezer.